Welcome to Flourish. I'm Diane Planetin, and you're in the right place if you're ready to create an inspired life. And we do so by working on our own personal development so we can be strong role models for those we love and mentor. Today, I'm going to share an article that is going to help your memory. Doesn't matter what you're learning, what you're doing, what level you're at, what do you want to remember, and what's the best way of going about it? Well, it turns out this method has been around for a long time, but it's not really utilized, say, in the school system. I'm going to begin at the end of the article, just to give you a little clue. Here I go. It says at the end, it is a tantalizing thought that good acting is both completely spontaneous and repeatable on demand. When something is repeatable, it is usually open to exploration, making acting a potentially fertile ground for further investigation of human cognition. Now, before you think, oh, I'm not an actor, I don't know how to act, what does that have to do with your memory? Well, it turns out that you can improve your memory or memorization by acting things out. And that totally makes sense. Because when you think about when you are a little child, little child, and you're learning what different objects are, when your mother hands you a spoon, she'll say spoon. That has an action there. There's a sound there. And there's movement between the mother and child. Same thing with a ball. That's how you learn what that is. And there's action there. And I might be oversimplifying it, but I'm trying to keep it simple because these fancy papers written by scientists and <laughs> they can be a little bit too much. It's a lot of verbiage. And I'm trying to just narrow it down that if you put learning anything, into action, you have better cognition, better recall, a better memory. So how this all evolved in the beginning, this is actually, the article is from Noyce and Noyce, Helga and Tony Noyce at Elmhurst College. And it copyright 2007. So I just wanted to put that out there. So you have some kind of point of reference and I will include the citation in the show notes. But here's where it gets really interesting. They've done a lot of experiments, mostly with actors in this paper. And she says, <laughs> or they say, pardon me, they did some follow-up experiments and uh, with six actors. Five months after the final performance of a play, in experiment one, participants recalled two of their scenes either sitting or moving about an empty room that bore no resemblance to the original learning environment. Once again, there is a significant memory advantage for lines accompanied by movement. So they were reenacting the play and could recall their lines five months later and not on a stage set. Then they had experiment two of the same study was based on the fact that there are times in every play when, for dramatic effect, the actors move to another position on the stage. 
when speaking certain lines of dialogue, and there are other times when they remain seated or standing in one place. It was shown that lines that had originally been performed while the actors had moved about the stage were better recalled months later than the lines that had been performed while the actors remained in place. This finding held true regardless of recall conditioning, moving or not moving, negating the possibility that input-output similarity was responsible. So they even had better recall when the part of the play, the verbiage was an action. So if they were walking across the room and they were talking, better recall than then say they were sitting in a chair and having a conversation. Fascinating. Energy in motion, right? <laughs> it's just absolutely fascinating. And then I started thinking about, well, what do I do to remember things? And if you <laughs> went through my marathon of taking a psychology course at Queen's University for 12 weeks and so much paper, oh my goodness, the book is a ridiculous size. And I think that's why they keep it online, but that's another story. Anyways, how I remembered, I recorded each chapter as an episode. I listened while I was walking to the podcast, I read along on the video, and for my note-taking, I wrote out, like I took an action, wrote things out. So as I was walking, I was thinking, I was absorbing. As I was writing things out, I wasn't just writing down, you know, what part of the brain did what. I drew a brain on a big poster board and I labeled it and I visualized it. And I thought, this is what these actors are doing, right? They are seeing themselves moving across the room, remembering those lines because it's in there. It's down there. It's in there. But where this paper, this research paper gets super fascinating is when they took it to the college students. So here's what happened. In 2001, Noyce and Noyce extended this non-literal enactment effect to undergraduate students with little or no acting training or experience. Three groups studied the same text. The first group was coached to process the text by using all channels of communication, including movement. That is, if the text called for confrontation, one student would walk up to the other literally, getting in his or her face. In your face. You might remember that. A second group of students sat on chairs facing each other. They were coached to try and become mentally and emotionally involved in the dramatic situation and communicate the meaning of the text using tone of voice, facial expression, and so forth. But they had to remain seated and could not express their intentions through movement. The third group deliberately memorized the same material, but no specific method of memorization was imposed. Three levels of accuracy were assessed. 
verbatim, acceptable verbatim, which allows for very minor deviations, and total recall, which included paraphrases. Participants in the full movement condition outperformed both other groups at all three levels of accuracy. That's fascinating. Thus, there is evidence from a variety of experiments for this existence of this non-literal movement effect, but the underlying reason, connection at a higher order, goal-directed level, has only been inferred from actors' reports and, until now, has not been established empirically. For example, in an early descriptive study, one actor stated, the movement is a lot for the memorization. If the blocking is good, and blocking is, you know, how the scene is supposed to happen, then emotionally, the words are right. So that when you move in a certain kind of way, it becomes natural to say those kinds of words. And that was from uh, Noyce's paper in 1992. So fascinating. So what are you struggling with learning? What is your child struggling with learning? Doesn't matter what grade they're in, right? They could be at the university level. They could be at the high school level. They could be in kindergarten. And they're struggling learning something. Maybe you need to move something into action. Maybe you have to make it tangible for them. Because, uh, and I heard this quote from um, Einstein, who said that nobody thinks about physics, and this is not verbatim, but nobody thinks about physics based on formulas. They imagine it in their heads. They see it happening. And he saw himself sitting on, you know, a bolt of light as he was exploring the physics. So next time you're thinking, I really would like to improve my memory. I would really like to remember people's names, for example. When you go to a party, how do you remember people's names? When you meet them in a social setting, do you have a secret? I did a whole episode on uh, another topic, uh, similar to this topic. It's called Moonwalking with Einstein. It's a, a book I did. Uh, I think it was Joshua Four that uh, wrote it. And it's literally, you're moving, your mind is moving around so that you can remember things easier. And he actually became a memory champion where he had never tried that before. So I'm going to link that in the show notes as well, because I think that'll be super fascinating for you. Our, our human brains, they're just magical machines. And if we can get the mind-body connection going, to keep learning, to keep evolving, to keep aspiring, you will live a more inspired life. Well, if you like the show, share it with somebody you know. I am going to be sharing a lot more scientific papers with you down the road as I continue my research for my book, and I'm going to net it down to keep it simple so that we can all learn about these things hit that subscribe button and uh, maybe give me a thumbs up or a comment. 
I love the YouTube comments and I love the Instagram comments or just tag me. All right. I am so thrilled that you found me.